a lot of aspiring writers are all ready to write a novel, but they don't know how to write sentences. Tom Robbins. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Today, we're talking about the almighty sentence structure. This is where your writing comes together. You need to know how to structure a sentence. Especially, like our opener said, if you want to write a novel. So what is a complete sentence? As we've said in other episodes, there will be times where you include incomplete sentences, but you need to know what a complete sentence is. So first of all, it needs to begin with a capital letter. And even if you're writing an incomplete sentence, beginning with a capital letter is an indicator that it is a new sentence that there isn't a typo somewhere in your manuscript. So even your incorrectly structured sentences will start with a capital letter. It also needs to end with a punctuation mark, a period, question mark, exclamation point, something there that indicates this is the end of this sentence. Not every punctuation mark qualifies to end a sentence. If you are doing quotes or an ampersand, those don't count in interrobang would. Look those up, those are fun. But having ending punctuation declares, at least in English, we are done typing and communicating the sentence. You also need to include at least one main clause. So that's how your subject and verb interact with each other. There is a subject, a thing, doing something. And of course, in order to have that clause, you need to have a subject and a verb, which is our fourth qualification for a complete sentence. So the subjects, those are your nouns, the thing that is doing something. So a lot of sentences will have two nouns, and the verb is showing how they relate. The subject is the noun doing the thing. So in the sentence, I kicked the ball, I is the noun, kicked is the verb, and the ball is the object. So understanding what your subject is and what your object is will help you identify things like passive voice. We will be talking about passive voice a little bit later this month when we're talking about crippling your language. More on that in a week. The reason you need to identify what the subject and the verbs are is so that you can have the right subject-verb agreement. So in English, this is often incorrect when it comes to plurals. You don't say the puppies is cute unless you're a two-year-old. So if your editor says you have a subject-verb disagreement, check your plurals. So it should be the puppies are cute or the puppy is cute. More often than not, if there's an issue, there's a little descriptor about the subject that confuses the verb. The can of beans is on the shelf. Because in this case, the object is the can, the beans are the contents. So, because it is a singular can, it is is. There are some words that imply plural that are technically singular that just confuse people. Words like staff and family. You'll see these a little more loosely applied. It depends on your editor. 
Now that we've talked about the subject, the verbs, the objects, those things that make a sentence, let's get into structure. There are four different basic kinds of sentence structure. We got this list from academicguides.waldenu.edu. It's a good resource that goes into a lot of depth as far as what each of these types are. We're going to give a cursory glance over them if you want to do your own research. We highly encourage it. The very first most basic type of sentence structure is the simple sentence. It is an independent clause with no conjunction or dependent clause. I like baking cookies. Simple sentence. In that definition is no conjunction. The next type of sentence has that conjunction. So that is going to be your compound sentence. You have two independent clauses joined by a conjunction. This is, I like baking cookies, but I prefer eating cake. Is that true? I like eating all of them, and I don't like baking anything. (laughs) So, I like baking cookies is its own independent clause. I prefer eating cake is its own. Combining them makes them a compound sentence when you have that conjunction in the middle. Then things get a little more complex. You have complex sentences. These contain one independent clause and at least one dependent clause clause. So one complete sentence or thought and then an incomplete one that are joined together. So I like baking cookies with white chocolate and macadamia in them. With white chocolate and macadamia in them is not its own sentence. It's dependent on the first part of the sentence of I like baking cookies. So with is the preposition that links the dependent clause with the independent clause. So you have a lot of other kind of subordinators, the who or which, the which refers to the subject, since or while, or because, if. All of these things combine the dependent clause and the independent clause, the partial sentence with the complete sentence. The fourth type of sentence structure that we're going over is the compound-complex sentence. So these are a combination of compound and complex, as stated by the name. They contain multiple independent clause and at least one dependent clause. They will contain the conjunctions and the subordinators. So our example for this is, I like baking cookies, but first I need to get ingredients from the store. I like baking cookies is your first independent clause. I need to get ingredients is its own independent clause. From the store is the dependent clause. And by doing but first, you're making it a complex sentence as well because you're putting the rest of the sentence underneath the first independent clause. So you've got all these three other sentence structures smushed into one to make the compound complex sentence. The reason why we talk about all four of these is because you need to use all four in your writing. If you had only simple sentences, you're probably writing a children's book. If you have only compound complex sentences, you're probably writing a book from the 1800s that nobody's going to read. Now, everybody's favorite thing to do when learning how to structure sentences is, of course, the sentence diagram. 
I actually was speaking with my mother when we were putting notes together about this. And she said that that was her absolute favorite part was the sentence diagram. She is the only person on the planet who actually likes these things. You should see my face when she said that. (laughs) (laughs) She is a logical, mathematical, musical type person. So diagramming sentences made a lot of sense to her. Yeah, I don't do sentence diagrams because I'm looking at the example we have and I try to read it out of order. The leaves orange slowly fell onto ground the. So you have a sentence that is spread out across two dimensions instead of one. You're attaching adjectives and adverbs to your nouns and verbs. So when you're diagramming a sentence, you start out with the subject and the verb. You put those on a single line. The subject leaves. The verb fell. When you start adding stuff to it, you start changing your sentence structure. So the orange leaves fell. Orange is listed underneath as an offshoot of the word leaves. We will include this picture and a link to the source for it on our landing page for this episode, just so you can follow along as we're trying to describe this. It does help you track the thoughts, track your subjects and your verbs to make sure that you aren't writing a sentence that gets jumbled. Because sometimes mid-sentence, a lot of new authors will switch their subject to something else, and then everybody gets lost. I think it was Hemingway that said, write the truest sentence you know. Write it in a diagram form. Send it to us. I'd be happy to see it. So we have a little bit of homework to end this episode for you. First off, we want you to go find 10 complex sentences in your current work in progress and make three of them into simple sentences. I also want you to find 10 simple sentences and make one of them into a complex sentence. If that doesn't sound like your cup of tea... You can also pick a character from your work in progress and change their voice to be incomplete sentences for a while. What changes about the character? If the character is using only incomplete sentences in dialogue, they might seem distracted or perhaps unintelligent, or maybe even like they don't fully understand the English language because they aren't a native speaker of the language. Hopefully this episode has helped you figure out some of those difficulties with sentence structure that maybe like us, you forgot along the way, because I honestly don't remember ever learning how to diagram a sentence. I don't remember this. And it seems a lot scarier when English majors are talking about it, but when you really look at it, hopefully it's not as intimidating as it might seem initially. And this should help you, of course, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 